Welcome to Color Me Home, a podcast about paint and decorating and home improvement and creative projects and pretty much whatever else comes up in the conversation. I'm Dan and I'm Betsy. Thanks for tuning in. So it's been a really exciting week so far here yes. at Repcolite. Last week. The, the end of end the, of last end week, of last beginning week. of this week. We've had quite a mess to clean up around here at our 17th Street location anyway. Right. The plant, we actually had a fire, which we've, I don't think I would say joked about, but it's always been, you know, boy, if that ever happens, I wonder how bad things are going to get. Uh-huh. Dan goes on vacation and the whole place burns <laughs> down. Yeah. We see how things go. I like the fact that I had an alibi. That was really, <laughs> re- the, honestly, the very first thing I thought. I mean, at first I saw that th- there was a fire and that it wasn't too yes. bad. I got an email and, you know, they were cleaning up. Right. So right after I was relieved that everything was good, my very next thought was, <laughs> I am so glad I was gone for the whole week because there is no way I could possibly have been responsible. Because Dan likes to joke sometimes that he's going to set fire to the place. <laughs> well, so, only on my bad days. And oh, it's not a serious joke. It's just kind of one of those, I th- I think that's kind of funny. You think it's funny. And yet then <laughs> the place gonna, starts on fire. I'm not going to ever make that joke or suggestion ever again. Yeah. But yeah, I guess what happened was rags spontaneously combusted. We'll talk about that in the course of this whole episode, but... The point was, we didn't exercise probably, the, well, probably, we didn't <laughs> exercise the care we should have. Right. And, yeah, we had a fire. It was a, happened to be in a garbage barrel, a yeah. fiber garbage yep. barrel that different resins and different um, raw materials come in. Right. And probably put there on a Friday morning, afternoon, and then by Saturday afternoon, it had gotten hot enough to ignite, lit the barrel on fire, People were in the store, you mm-hmm. know, shopping Saturday yep. afternoon around one o'clock. And I guess Scott Alkma yes. in our store went to the back to get something. Does he have an alibi? Um, his alibi was all he saw was smoke and he okay. couldn't get back there. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> he saw smoke and he saw this orange glow coming from, which is the exact opposite of what you want to see when you walk. Yeah. There's a lot of things that you don't want to see when you walk to the back room, but that's really high yeah, on the list. Exactly. Orange glow. And a lot of smoke. So he got everybody out of the store. Yep. Justin and, and Scott, the manager at the store, they got everybody out, called the fire department. Yep. Fortunately, the barrel was right underneath a, a sprinkler. sprinkler. Yep. So that went off. The fire department got here, clean, you know, put the rest of it out. Yep. We lost all of our labels for the most part. So all the product labels are... So Dan's been very busy. <laughs> I get to make the labels. That's part of my job. And so, yeah, that's what I'm doing now is making temporary ones right. to get us by. So anybody listening who's Who going gets the a store, can that looks a little funny, yeah, that's Those why. are special edition. <laughs> yes, yeah. fire edition limited, labels. Yeah, limited edition fire edition <laughs> labels. So We should market them as such. We should. Get I your should've. limited edition fire label now. I should have. <laughs> I put a different, a more of an apologetic note on the side of the label because it's so bad. I should just play it up that this is yes, extra special. A limited edition. If we could number them, that would be awesome. Yeah. I might consider doing that yet. So That's we'll a good find idea. out. But anyway, turns out not too much damage, a no. lot of mess, a lot of it stinks like crazy here. And it's the, more water at this point with fire hoses, with you know, all that water, plus it was a major if anyone was in town this past weekend, it was a major thunderstorm and tornadoes going through the area and just a mess in that way so Mm -hmm. they broke out some windows skylight and things like that so water was pouring into the building 
you couple that with the sprinklers that were going off, and we had a lot of water. Well, in yeah, here. think about that. I mean, we have. I forgot to even mention that we had the tornado happen. Yeah. Right at the time everybody's out of the store. <laughs> right. They're all forced out of the building. They can't go back in. And yep. the fire marshal or the fire chief comes up and says, "Oh, by the way, just so you know, there's a tornado warning." <laughs> oh, great. Right. We've got that going on. The tornado touched down right near Tom's house. Our sales manager oh. went through his yard. Huh. I did trashed not know a that. bunch of his trees. So that that was big. I guess we lucked out there, huh? I guess. Yeah. Well, yes. We definitely. dodged a bullet. We did for that one. But the whole weekend was pretty crazy. So yeah. Anyway, because of all of that, we decided we're going to talk about safety today. <laughs> that makes sense, right? right. At least exactly. after the fact, we might as well get what we can out of it. Well, you know, we know what to do with things like this, but not everyone does. I mean, we have a lot of customers that come into the store and they just, you know, they're not aware of these things necessarily. So sure. we want to make sure that everyone knows you know and that we're passing on the safety knowledge that we have to you even though obviously we don't always follow our own advice <laughs> right it's, it's sometimes you get complacent you just don't think about it right. and right that's what we wanted to talk about today yeah. so the place to start with all of this is by focusing on some of the basic steps that you can take to make sure that you keep yourself and your home safe when you're working with solvent-based paints or stains, because that's mm -hmm. mainly what we're going to talk about today. Right. Uh, solvent-based paints, stains, finishes, stuff like that. Right. Solvent-based paints, sometimes referred to as oil-based or elkid paints, contain a significantly higher level of organic solvents than our water-based paints do. Those solvents are responsible for the strong odor that is typically associated with that kind of paint or stain. Now, solvents affect a paint's application characteristics, it's drying, and so on. So when the paint or stain is applied and as it's drying, the solvent is going to evaporate, and as it does so, it releases volatile organic compounds, or VOCs, which everybody's concerned about, but that's what's going on. Right. It releases those into the atmosphere. Right. Now, the fumes caused by solvents evaporating, mm -hmm. you know, when this is happening, can pose any number of health hazards. Right. You know, everything from irritating your eyes, your nose, your throat... They start to burn. They start to burn. Mm -hmm. They can make you dizzy, a little bit high. <laughs> Dan knows all about this stuff firsthand. Well, I, it, it seems to affect me quicker than other people. It just gives me a headache. It gives you really a headache. Bad. It makes me very happy, and yeah. I don't realize what's going on. It's hilarious, by the way. Well, and we're not in. We're definitely not advocating. No. That you huff this stuff. That's not no, cool, because it really children. is bad for you and terrible as dan found out the only reason we know this <laughs> this effect on dan is because we did a valspar training a while back with lacquers and the lacquer smell just built up and built up and before you know it we couldn't figure out what was wrong with dan he was just acting so goofy and i was that having must have the been time it. of my life yes. i was laying on the table i had I a was headache spinning in my chair <laughs> I was laughing about everything. Everything was hilarious. And then you me. were miserable when you came down off of it. Went yes. Then the headache came in, and yeah. it was very bad. But the thing that I, I guess I thought was most intriguing about that is that I didn't realize it was happening right at the time. I just thought. I, I don't think I thought. I just. You had no idea that it was happening. No, Everyone else is just wondering what. Very concerned about the things that I had done. <laughs> so, on to the next point it affects your judgment, judgment. your coordination. <laughs> All of these things can be affected. And, like we're saying, you have no idea, not, you know, not necessarily, but you could easily have no idea right. that it's affecting you until you're too far gone to even care. Right. You know, and, and that sounds, you know, in, in what we're talking about now we're laughing about it because it was a 
a relatively low amount, I apparently got no tolerance right. at all <laughs> for these <laughs> kinds of substances. Yeah. And so even the little bit that only gave other people a little headache or irritated them a little bit. Right. Set me through the moon, to the moon. Right. But it can be very dangerous. Well, it affects everyone differently. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, it depends on who you are and how things affect you. It's just like any other thing that you put in your body. You never know how it's going to affect you. I know that the manager at Lakewood, where I worked for about 10 years before I came to do the marketing mm-hmm. here, he was painting his basement, spray painting or spraying, mm-hmm. and he had a, a real high solvent product. Right. And I can't remember if he had windows open or what, what he had going on. He was taking care, but he was trying to push and get the project done. Right. So he just kept working. He got into a tighter area, and he still talks about how he, what he remembers about the event was he was spraying in a square pattern, trying to, and he could never close the square. He's trying to spray paint this one wall, and he kept thinking, why does the square, why can I never get the paint to to close and then his wife came down and found from what i remember the story found him collapsed in the basement and she had to drag this great big guy you know right everybody to me is a great big guy yeah that's not hard drag him upstairs (laughs) get him outside really dangerous i mean he was really close to expiring (laughs) that's very bad yeah so it's definitely not not a funny thing you know i don't mean to imply that it is right when I was buzzed, it was a little funny. It was very It was sad. funny to all the rest Everybody of us. Else. It wasn't funny afterwards, though. No, I had such a headache, and I was embarrassed because I... You were very my, embarrassed. My internal sensor, or the my sensibilities were... Your filter decided to quit gone, working. And I just... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we had that, and, you know, we even did... You know, so that was my manager spraying some really heavy solvents. Mm. We also did, a long ago at our Lakewood store, we did some... Faux finishing, mm-hmm. rag yeah. painting with oil-based paints right. along the bulkhead of this great big mm-hmm. open room. Great right. big huge room. You know, the entire room where the store is. Right. And we're way up high doing this eight foot by, I don't even know how long. I mean, it was all the way around the room. Right. And we're just rag painting it. And now it's painted over. I wish it wasn't because I'd like to send people there because you can see where we started. Mm-hmm. And we're in a big scissors li- scissor lift. And it was really good. We mm-hmm. did really well all the way across. And the longer we went, I guess the fumes were, mm-hmm. I don't know if they were rising or what, but they affected us. Oh, yeah. We were laughing. Again, it was the same thing. Yep. We were driving, trying to run stuff over on the ground. <laughs> and when we got all done and everything was dry and we looked at it, we could tell where we ended right. was just terrible. You know, terrible compared to where we began. Right. Because we didn't even care what we were doing anymore. So even in a big room like that, even mm-hmm. where we thought we had plenty of ventilation, and all that was was just um, mineral spirits based. Mm-hmm you know, paints. So nothing real exotic or anything like that, but it still got to us and caused some problems. Well, that's what happens when you're inhaling those fumes for hours on end. It it starts to build up in you. Even if you do have a lot of ventilation, it does build up mm-hmm. over time and it takes its toll. So it's really not funny, but it's funny well, to watch. Well, when it's everybody's safe and it's all over. <laughs> it's, yes. It, you think back and you think about the lessons that you've learned. But and then you think, how stupid that stupid, really so was. so stupid. And that's why we're talking about it today. Right. This can be a very dangerous situation, but there are steps you can take that will make working with solvent-based products safe for you, your family, and your home. Now, the first step, and one of the best, the most effective, and honestly, one of the most obvious, is to make sure that you ventilate well. Right. 
Now, if you're working at home, if possible, you know, try to work in the garage. Mm-hmm. That's a great work area. You know, it depends on what you're doing, but refinishing furniture, staining trim that's, you know, mm-hmm. not installed. Right. Um, any of that that can be done in the garage is great. You know, keep yep. the garage door open. Open windows if you have garage windows, little cross ventilation right. going on. Get that going. A yep. fan on the door on the floor blowing out or blowing fresh air in, whatever. Yep. And and keep the garage door you know, the door access to the house. Right. Keep that closed. Yep. <laughs> so the fumes don't get in there. We've, or at least as heavily. They'll, they'll still they will get, still permeate, but not as badly. We've got a door in our garage that well, it's got it's just a little um wooden mm-hmm. Not a screen door, but just a, a simple lightweight wooden mm-hmm. door. Okay. And it's got weather stripping, I guess this little rubber yeah. thing that I put along the bottom of it. And when that's brand new, it catches on the rug. So you got to make sure you pull the door closed. You know, otherwise mm-hmm. it will. I don't know how many times I've done these projects in the garage because I'm so smart. You know, I'm working in the garage. I'm not going to. And then right. I've left the, the door, door open. open. So I get yelled at because my wife, sadly, is extremely sensitive to uh-huh. smells or right. any of those things. Right. I don't blame her. I have the same problem. My mom has the same problem. Smell. There are a lot of people who are sensitive to smell, and especially that solvent kind of smell. Right. That doesn't do well. She handles no. normal, natural smells. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know how that goes. Now... There are going to be instances where maybe you don't have a garage or your garage is full and you have to work in the house, but consider cleaning out your garage right? (laughs) and working in the garage. So that's definitely, again, just because it's so easy to ventilate. It keeps the fumes out of your house. If there's any way to work in the garage, try to find a way to do that. Right. if If you absolutely can't, what do you do? Open the windows, put fans in the windows, make sure you're getting that air sucked in from the outside and then pushed out the window on the opposite side just so there's constantly fresh air moving through there. And if you've only got one window in that particular room, put a fan in the window and open the door of another room to try to suck in some air from somewhere else. Close just get off it to move through. What you can, but you know, try to get some air moving through there. And That's the important part. Fans would be like box fans that you can actually set in the yep. window. Yep. Exactly. Probably the little fans that spin around probably wouldn't be all that wise. Well, usually you can stop the spinning. I would part. probably recommend stopping them. Yeah. Because I'm a thinker. Uh-huh. Except when I'm <laughs> in, not, the in, a, in an unventilated room. So the bottom line here is actually very simple. Ventilate. That's what this whole point is. Do whatever you've got to do to move the fumes out and to get fresh air into your workspace. Sure. Now, a second step is to arm yourself with the right gear. And we recommend creating a toolkit with these items. You know, you've mm-hmm. got generally a, a bunch of paint supplies that you have around the house that are there when you need them. Do the same thing with these safety items, you know, especially if you tackle paint jobs on a regular basis. You know, keeping a toolkit stocked with these things, you know, they're simple things, they're not expensive, but having them ready to go when you start a job, means you're more likely to use them. Mm-hmm. You know, the chances are, if you don't have them there, if you're anything like me, I don't typically plan too far ahead. <laughs> I, you know, all of a sudden I decide, hey, this needs to be done. Right. And it needs to be done now. And so if I don't have it there, I'm not going to stop what I'm doing, run to the store and get mm-hmm. it. I'm just going to figure, I'll be fine. 
Right. I'm not going to get bleach in my eyes. <laughs> of course <laughs> not. Five minutes later, I'm running around the house with my eyes <laughs> clamped shut trying to find the sink. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not going to get you know, anything dangerous on my hands, and sure, then I do that. And then I've got right. burns and all of that. Uh-huh. Have the stuff around so you'll be more likely to use it. And the things right. we're talking about, you know, first off would be gloves. Yep. You can use latex gloves, the the blue kind, the thinner kind. That the doctors use. <laughs> yes, that the doctors use. Those, I, I have to throw this in there, though. Those are good for stains and things like that, but there are some chemicals and some solvents, things like that, that it will eat right through. Right. Lacquer thinner, some types of gloves, because there are the latex gloves, and there are the nitro gloves, then there's, you know, like actual stripping gloves that are real heavy. I don't know if it's rubber or what mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. are, but, you know, solvent resistant. So you want to make sure maybe that you have a couple different kinds of gloves depending on what you're using because lacquer thinner will eat right through those latex gloves. Right. So if you've got, you know, just like Betsy was saying, regular paint projects, stain projects, these little, you know, blue gloves, the nitrile, the, the latex gloves typically work fine. But if you are working with heavier solvents, hotter solvents, mm-hmm then you'd want to make sure you get gloves that are specifically made for that. If you right. do that, make sure you stock them. Those blue gloves, those little late, the doctor gloves, yep. you can get them in a, how big are the boxes? I think they're a hundred. Now you can buy them separately, but you yes. can get a box of a hundred for 15 bucks. Yeah, roughly. That's and it, the way to go. That's the way to go. Unless you've got kids. Cause we did that. I, I brought them home for a project I was working on for mm-hmm. Repcolite. I was staining something and I just brought these re- gloves home mm-hmm. And yeah, so we got the project done. I went through half the box of gloves and I had just left them in the garage. I start opening the fri- or the freezer and there's all these gloves <laughs> filled up with water frozen. Oh, so there's all these yeah. little frozen hands <laughs> sitting around. Yes. Oh, they were everywhere. The kids did everything with them. They'd blow uh-huh. them up, draw faces on them. Right. You want to keep them away from your kids just because they're going to go through a lot of them. But right. 16 bucks you get. Well, a and make sure they ball. fit you because they they do come in different sizes, mm-hmm. uh, medium, large, extra large, I think, maybe even a small. But make sure you don't have gloves that are too big or that defeats the purpose because then they're sliding down. Right. And, you know, I have small hands, so when the guys open a box of extra large, they're like it's floating like a on my hand. Yeah. yeah, a very big sweater for my hand. I have little baby arms. <laughs> and hands. <laughs> So anyway, okay. solvents can penetrate through your skin. They can <laughs> cause dryness, chap, chapping, chapping. That's the right chapping. word. Yeah, chapping. I think so. Yeah. It's not chapness. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> no. sound right. Chapping. I'm suffering from chapness right now. It's, <laughs> it's all chappy. Ew. But anyway, so wear the gloves. Do things like that. Like Betsy said, if you work with hotter solvents, make sure you've got gloves that are specific for that. Right. Safety glasses are... Kind of an obvious, but I don't think many people use them. I, I will admit I am not a huge fan of safety glasses. Why not? Um, I don't know because usually they make my sweat because I always have the goggle kind, not just the glasses. Mm-hmm. And those just like, oh, they stick to my face. I hate that Mine feeling. fog up and then I can't yeah. see anything. It's kind of like swimming goggles. I decide that's more dangerous when I'm sawing to not be able to see. Yes. However... If you're using solvents and there's a chance that it could splash, you know, no one thinks that it's going to splash. Oh, it's not going to happen to me. I do it all the time. Until that time when it actually happens. So I It's a really good them. thing to do. I mean, like Betsy said, I don't like to do it either. But I don't know how many times I have thought exactly what she just said. 
I mean, this should surprise nobody by now, but <laughs> I remember, you know, just cleaning something out. All I got to do is put it in the bucket. Mm-hmm. Just got to put it in the bucket. And it slips and I out put it in the bucket mouth. and it splashes directly into my eye. Yep. You know, when I made hard boiled eggs and I told you how I did that wrong and boiled the water first. Yes. And then tried to add the eggs. Uh huh. Splashed in my eye. Yeah. I've got to wear safety goggles when I cook. When I cook, do you even call making hard-boiled eggs cooking? No, and I think cooking? you shouldn't even try doing that anymore. I can make oatmeal in the microwave. Can you make macaroni and cheese, or do you burn the Tessa, water? Tessa didn't add water the other day. My daughter Tessa <laughs> Wait, how do you make and mac and cheese without water? You don't, Betsy. <laughs> you just make char. So you had <laughs> we came home and crunchy noodles? Horrible stench. What happened? What have you guys done? You know, you were told not to cook. You know, my wife and I were gone. And, you know, the older kids were home. And, no, we didn't cook. Tessa just made made microwave macaroni and cheese without the water. And Yeah, not cool. So, anyway, I don't know how we got there exactly. Because we were talking about you and your... Unexpected stuff. You know, the water from the hard-boiled eggs as I dropped them in. Right. Splashed in my eye. Yeah. But that happens with solvents. And, you know, once it's happened, mm-hmm. you know, mom would always tell me, you know, she'd always harp on my teeth. You know, you've <laughs> yep. only got this one set. Yep. You know, then we'd argue about baby teeth and then she'd get mad. Talking right. about permanent teeth here. Right. One set. Don't screw them up. Yep. Eyes. You just get those two. Mm-hmm. Don't mess them up. Yep. So she'd constantly be honest. Probably take that to heart a little bit when working with these things. Yes. The next thing you should have in this safety kit is a dust mask. Now, there's a difference between a dust mask and a respirator. It sounds so intriguing, Betsy. Will you tell us more, please? Wow, you make it sound really boring when you say it like that. (laughs) (laughs) You nailed it. (laughs) Okay, so dust mask is simply what it says it is. It's just meant for dust. Um, We recommend the N95 particulate mask. Uh, It's that particular one that we have is a 3M, but many other manufacturers mm-hmm. make them. It's the most common rating for disposable masks, which simply means that the mask will filter 95% of airborne particles that are not oil-based. There's a rating system with all these letters. Yes. N, P, R. I can't remember what the last one was. NPR. <laughs> well, those are the first. The first one is N for not yep. oil-based. Right. Thought, wow, that's kind of cool. And P does something else. Yep. R R is going to be for respirator. No, that was for it'll it'll filter out some organic solvents. Okay. You know, like nuisance yep. ones in the air. So an N designation at the front is just telling you it's not going to be for mm. oil based or organic type right. solvents, which is right. basically what we're talking about for paint thinner and stuff like right. that. The ninety five is telling you how much of the airborne particles it's going to remove. So the mask that Betsy's talking about. Are basically going to remove wood, you know, shop dust mm-hmm. from sawing and stuff like that, allergens, you know, airborne diseases, you know, so when bird flu hits. Or swine flu. Swine flu. Yeah. Everybody's mm-hmm. wearing the masks. All Just over the, place. the flu. Just the flu. I'm going to start wearing one when I'm around you because I'm pretty <laughs> sure you have some cooties. I've got something wrong. <laughs> I don't think a mask is going to help though. Oh, But dear. yes, that's the kind of thing. But there is a misconception that everybody has, and not everybody, because there are people out there. A right. lot of people have this misconception that these little masks are going to 
um, filter out gases or vapors. Right. And that's just not the case. They're good for airborne particles, but they don't help against gases or vapors. Right. So if you have gases, vapors, solvents that you're using, whatever, you really need a respirator. Well, I got to stop. I shouldn't stop. I, it's too late. I've stopped. <laughs> so in the olden times, didn't people have the vapors? We're not talking about that, right? No, we're not talking about that. It might help with that. <laughs> Maybe. If you have the vapors, you got to get your family the respirator that Betsy's talking about. Yes. Go ahead, Betsy. Sure. Okay, so anyways. <laughs> like to class things up from time to time. Uh-huh. So if you're doing spraying or using solvents or stripping some furniture, this is something that you might want to consider. Um, a chemical cartridge respirator. They are more expensive, but they're going to remove some of those dangerous fumes that you're threatening to ingest. Ingest? Is that the right word? I think inhale? so. Inhale? Well, you're kind of... To me, when you inhale them, you're like... Because then it builds up in your okay. head and throat, and so then you're like... We know what you're saying, at least. I don't we'll know. We'll put that in the show notes. We'll research if ingest is the correct word. You inhale them, but to me, once it builds up, like you can almost taste it. So then to oh, me, okay. you're ingesting it. We'll say that I've, works, I've been there before yeah, where, where it just so builds bad. up. And you've inhaled so much of it that then you can literally taste it. And it's just, you have to wonder. Because then, you know, every time you swallow, it's like just this well, it awful does. It taste. Gets, and, it, and it continues to move through. I mean, so you're breathing this stuff in. The way these filters work, these respirators that we have. Is they come with two replaceable charcoal cartridges that mount on either side of the mask. Now, as you breathe in, air flows through those charcoal cartridges, and those cartridges absorb the gases and the vapors and then purify the air that you're breathing. Right. Now, because of the way they're working, the cartridges last about six hours or so before they're mm -hmm. full. You know, if you're in right. an environment where there's a lot of fumes in the air, right. you'll probably get about six hours or so, but they're replaceable. Right. So then you can get new ones. Yep. Now, they're not cheap you know necessarily i mean when you consider your health yeah well they're not cheap compared to the little dust mask that Which you are, know i don't know maybe dollar two dollars each right. you know these are considerably more but but they know. do more i mean they're right. definitely going to remove the stuff in the air right now the things that you need to remember you know what we every now and then run into even contractors will do this from time to time is they'll get these masks they'll start you know, in fact, there was one, we were just talking about it yesterday, um, me and somebody else from Repcolite here, where the guy had bought a mask, mm -hmm. went to use it, started the project, you know, got things going. Mm -hmm. He was in there for maybe half an hour or so, and then he needed to get out, or the phone rang, or he had to take a call. Mm -hmm. I forget what it was. Took the mask off, left the mask on the counter, got out, answered the phone call, required him to go somewhere off-site, so he did. He came mm -hmm. back a few hours later, put the mask on, and within just... You know, another hour or so, it wasn't working anymore. Right. And he came back to the store. It's got defective cartridges or something's wrong with it. Why mm -hmm. is it not? No, it's because you left it out in the room with these. It right. just continues to absorb the solvent. So yep. should you buy one of these and start using one, you make sure if you're going to take a break, you get it out of the environment. Leave it in the fresh right. air. You could put it in a Ziploc bag. Yep. Something to prevent those cartridges from continuing continuing to absorb 
the fumes and the vapors. Right. Now, remember, all of this information is going to be in our show notes. And you can also check out some information on our blog at repcolite.com. So make sure you check out these things for more information. Right. Um, we'll you know, have, we'll have some there. particulars on what to look for. Okay. So we've got gloves, safety glasses, dust mask, a respirator. Right. Um, the last couple of things that you would want to make sure you've got around mm-hmm. old work clothes. You know, that's pretty basic for any of these. Even if you're touching up because everyone thinks, oh, I can, I'm can. i just touching up this little spot. I don't need work clothes on. I, I'm good to do it in my stilettos and, you know, my cute little skirt. I have never ever skirt. thought that ever. Of course. One time. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> One time, but it was a joke in my own head. So uh-huh. It doesn't count. Nobody knows about Trust it. Trust me. As soon as you think you won't get paint on you. You will. Yeah. It'll happen. I've got it. Well, I don't have a rule. My wife has a rule. She'll buy me shorts or buy me whatever, mm-hmm. and she'll pull them out. First, she makes me try them on to make sure that they fit me, that they don't drag on the ground, <laughs> that their legs aren't too long or something. <laughs> and then the very next thing out of her mouth is, and you will not wear these wear. And then I have a list of things that I have to say back. <laughs> I won't wear them when I'm working on this, when I'm mowing the yard, when I'm... Uh-huh. Because of this exact reason. Right. I always think I'm going to be fine, and then I end up wrecking something. It's a common misconception. That's what I try to tell her. It's common mistake. She thinks it's it's mine. Yeah, and see, I have that same thought, and so I have a giant pile of clothes that are old slash work clothes now because I have successfully ruined them thinking I won't ruin these and then I do. Yep. Yep. So have old work clothes and take right. advantage of that fact. Right. Finally, shoes with a good grip. You yep. know, that's another thing. Boots I, are good tennis shoes. Exactly. I have done so many dumb things yeah. in Crocs. Yes. Because they're quick and easy to slip on. Yep. You know, we did our And then you slip around. I know the basement mm-hmm. flooded once. You know, the rain and, mm-hmm. and it's just concrete down there. But so I thought, I don't right. want to wreck my tennis shoes, put the Crocs on, went walking into the workroom mm-hmm. quick because you've seen how I my brain goes a million different directions yep. at once. So I'll be going full speed in one direction and my brain will say, wait a minute, go back over there. So then I'll turn yep. around and I did that on a puddle, uh-huh. slipped, hit my elbow on a hinge, gouged it all the way to the bone Ooh. and Gross. hit my head on the cement. It was horrible. Yeah. So I had to go get stitches. I remember asking the doctor to make me look like Frankenstein, but I don't think he did it. Of course. I think course. he tried to be a little more professional. And then <laughs> yes. I got to come home and still do all that cleaning. All Ooh, because lucky you. All that huge time out, the pain, mm-hmm. the misery, because I wore stupid shoes. Right. So as dumb as it sounds, make sure you've got something that you can work in right. that offer a good grip. Right. Besides arming yourself with the right gear, an absolutely critical third step is to take care of any and all rags that you use to apply or wipe up spills of stains and solvents and things like that. As we know, (laughs) bad things happen if you don't. Yes, that's exactly what we ran into. And, you know, we were aware... And we were just, you know, complacent. You just kind of let it go. It happens sometimes. We get in a rush and we just, we don't pay attention. Nobody's fault, just a mistake. Yeah. But not everybody is aware of that. You know, there's a real danger of spontaneous combustion. Right. And, you know, a substance, the way that works real quickly is a substance, you know, the solvent that you mop up or whatever, Mm. you get it in a rag, it's going to begin to release heat as it oxidizes. Now, if this heat has no way to escape, 
And that's what happens when you pile rags on top of each other. Mm-hmm. The heat has nowhere to go, you know, like it's in a pile or, or in a garbage can or whatever. The temperature will rise to a level where it's actually high enough to ignite that oil and it can right. start a fire. Yep. So that's exactly what we ran into at Repcolite. You right. know, mopped up a solvent from a product that we made, tossed it in a garbage bin thinking we'd get it out of there, you know, in a little bit. Right. And I guess we, you know, forgot, whatever, mm-hmm. stayed down there, heated up. We put it in on a Friday. Yeah. And by Saturday noon, it had heated up to the point where it actually ignited. Well, we had a place down in Kalamazoo. It was called the Firehouse. It was this like really cool, you know, college bar. Mm-hmm. Everybody went there. And I don't know if they were under new ownership or what, but they were redoing all the wood floors in there. So they brought in this, I don't know if it was a painting company or somebody, a contractor, to restain and put a polyurethane or something on their floors. Obviously all oil-based stuff. So the guys finish up during the day. They apparently, so the story goes, tossed all of their rags in a big old pile. And guess Mm. what happened? Firehouse burned down, (laughs) which is kind of ironic. (laughs) You're laughing at somebody else's pain and misery. Well, and that whole building went. I mean, it... You know, so by the time by the time someone actually saw it, it was too so, late to save just the from building. Something that was so simple and so easy to right, avoid. Right. But Even if you lay them out, you know, let them dry out. That's what we do here in the store. You know, when we're doing stain matches and we have rags covered in stain or lacquer thinner or whatever, mm-hmm. lay them out and let them dry. You know, put them out on rocks or you know on your trash can drape it over it so it's not in the trash can but so the air is getting to it and drying it out then it's okay you know once that's dried out right you're fine but yeah spread them out we i did something at home where you know same thing a bunch mm-hmm. of rags covered with just pinned them on the clothesline yep let them air out that way don't right. pile them up no don't toss them in the garbage until they're dry right gonna have problems yep a fourth step that you're going to want to do is to turn off your pilot lights if you're working in an enclosed space with any solvents or solvent-based paints or stains. Um, you know, it's an open source of fire with all of these fumes, and the same thing can essentially happen. Mm-hmm. You'll end up with a huge fire. So if you're working near that space, make sure you turn them off. Hot water heater, furnace, whatever may have a pilot light. We see this a lot of the times when people are painting basements or they're staining and doing mm-hmm. stuff in a basement. Maybe that's their work area where they've got. Yeah. And the solvents can get just trapped in a closed area. And with that open flame, that mm-hmm. can be a problem. So make sure you're ventilating, doing all of the other things. But take that step and shut those right. pilot lights off and all of that. Now, finally, a fifth step is to just be informed and make good and good decisions. You know, the labeling on the containers which is one of the things I got to work on all last year, was <laughs> making sure the warning labels and everything are the way they need to be. Mm-hmm. And the labeling on the containers is going to tell you the dangers and concerns associated with each particular product. So read them ahead of time. You know, understand the warnings and follow the advice that, that's given there. You know, keep products away from kids and pets. Mm-hmm. All of those things are pretty common sense. Right. Be sure to store the cans away from open flames. It's a really dumb place to store them right next to the fireplace. I'm always surprised at some of the things we have to write on the labels. Oh, yeah. It makes you wonder Mm -hmm. how many people have, Yeah. you know, like, well, there's all kinds of funny stuff about that. But I know when we bought our microwave, Mm -hmm. you know, well, my daughter, Tessa, who sometimes will do some naughty things, she (laughs) cooked the the macaroni and cheese without water. 
and she also had this little, I don't know, what do you call that? How would I describe it? It's a bag with cherry pits, I think, was in this particular one. Yeah, cherry pits or rice is common. I always hoped that the people who made these, I always pictured them eating the cherries. (laughs) (laughs) And then putting the the pits pits into a cup and then dumping them into the bag later. (laughs) I assume they use some sort of professional pit removal system. I'm sure they do. (laughs) They don't just have five kids lined up and spitting in the buckets. Probably (laughs) not. Anyway, we had a bag with all of those pits in them. Mm. And you're supposed to heat it in the microwave for a couple minutes. Right. Tessa threw it in the microwave. We're sitting in the living room. I remember it was like 10 o'clock at night. We see, boy, it smells like popcorn. <laughs> Who's making popcorn? <laughs> it smells pretty good. Uh-huh. And then I looked into the kitchen. I could see smoke billowing out Ooh, of the microwave. That's not Tessa good. ran away and hid. She had punched 20 minutes into the... <gasps> my, into the Yeah. So it anyway, happens. It Accidents happens. happen. Accidents happen. But we. long story short, we had to buy a new microwave. That was the whole point. <laughs> right. And one of the warnings on there said, do not dry pets in the microwave do not dry yeah. like when you've washed your pet and it don't all, it made us so wonder has somebody done that you always wonder because there are a lot of things you know there are some things that say do not use on pet and you look at it and you go why would i use that on my pet <laughs> why would they think to make that warning right so that means somebody, somebody has done it some poor little dog yep wow he's so mm-hmm. wet and cold let's just zap him in the microwave right just came in from the snow. We'll put him on defrost. How much do you think he weighs? <laughs> <laughs> then he spins yeah. on the little carousel. That's terrible, folks. Yeah. So anyway, I'm always surprised at some of the warning labels. Uh-huh. But pay attention to the warning labels. Right. Don't store the stuff by open flames. Be sure you've got a fire extinguisher nearby. Right. You know, again, it sounds sometimes like it's over the top. Right. But you never know. You never know. Basically, it's all pretty common sense stuff. But it's good to know. Right. So there are a number of safety steps you can take to ensure that handling solvent-based paint, stains, lacquers, and all that stuff will be trouble-free for your next project. Let's wrap things up today with a couple items worth discussing and remembering. And the first is this. If you do some staining or varnishing or painting with a solvent-based product in your home, be aware that you're very likely going to notice a kerosene smell in your Mm -hmm. gas dryer or your oven. Mm -hmm. Um, It's absolutely normal, but you should be aware of it. It's a common complaint. I've had that. I could not figure out what the heck. I, you know, done some staining in the garage, which is right next to the dryer mm-hmm. in the basement. And I could not figure out why my clothes smelled so bad. And it took maybe three cycles of the dryer to get rid of that kerosene smell. And it's just the fumes burning off. You know, they get trapped mm-hmm. in the dryer. And that's what has to happen. And same thing with my oven. That same smell. Why does my food taste so bad? Worse than normal. Well, it's just, you know, when the oven's heating up and it burns off before I put the food in there. But it just, yeah, that smell is awful. And you'll have to rewash things. So maybe throw, you know, a work towel or something in there and let the dryer just run and run to burn that smell off before you actually do laundry. Right. Definitely let it dissipate. A lot of people freak out about it. You know, Mm -hmm. if you look on forums and you you get on the internet and search about it, you're going to find people are assuming they're calling... You know, having gas mm-hmm. leaks, look, checking for gas leaks. Right. They're worried about their oven or their dryer. And almost, it's very interesting because they will list exactly the, the scenario. Everything smells like kerosene. Mm-hmm. What do I do? And you always get the first three or four people on a forum telling them, you better check for gas leaks. You better do this. You better do that. Right. And then there's always somebody who comes in and you can tell they're very excited because they know the answer and they're trying to be very cool about it. Uh-huh. And they'll say, and they'll predict 
Mm -hmm. the person has just done some staining, some varnishing, some painting. And the answer on all of the forums that I looked is always the original poster comes back. Uh You're dead right. We just refinished our floor. Right. And that's what it is. So don't freak out, but definitely be aware of it. My wife, we did the same thing. I painted the basement thinking I did such a great job. And then she got caught up on, I think it was 12 loads of laundry. (gasps) All of it stunk. Oh, had to redo all yeah. of it. For some reason, it was my fault. Well, yeah. Because I should have known better. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm letting you people Or at least told know. her I that you had but done But I that. honestly didn't know. I didn't know that was going to happen. And I know. I worked in the industry. Well, you didn't either. Well, so that's yeah, why you we're don't know until, you, until you've actually had it happen. And then you go, oh. So our pain is hopefully going to benefit <laughs> everybody else. Right. A second tip is pretty simple. Be aware that there are alternatives to oil-based products out there. There are water-based paints that have dramatically improved over time, and some of them rival their oil-based counterparts for durability and things like that. Mm-hmm. There are water-based varnishes, top coats, lacquers, stains, all that kind of good stuff that provide excellent durability and perhaps, you know, maybe best of all, there are no fumes associated with that, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. Now, we have a water-based polyurethane called MiraClear, and that's ideal for homeowners looking for a quality polyurethane, but who don't want to deal with smells or fumes. Mm-hmm. It's suitable for even for hardwood floors and stuff yep. like that. So it's a great way to avoid even right. bringing some of these smells into your home. Right. You can certainly deal with them, as we've talked about, and there's advantages to using still using oil-based products. There's still right. advantages there. But there are alternatives that you can consider, at least. Right. And they're getting better. All Mm -hmm. of these water-based products are getting better and better. There are still, you know, a few products that have some bugs to work out. You know, oil-based stains or water-based stains are not quite as good, you know, not as easy to work with as the oil-based ones. But, again, no smell. So it depends on, you know, your trade-off and what you want. Now, a final tip is to take all of this stuff seriously. The temptation is to sometimes disregard safety concerns as exaggerated, you know, as overcautious, as ridiculous. You know, that's something I tend to do uh-huh. quite often. But as we saw this week at Repcolite, it's really not exaggerated at all. Working with solvent-based products is not something to be afraid of or to necessarily, you know, shy away from, but you definitely need to approach the job with full awareness. So many people, you know, when asking about the fire, Mm -hmm. you know, because we'd go and talk to people and family members and stuff like that. They'd all very curious what happened Mm -hmm. and how bad was it and what caused it. When when I told them what it was, they were always surprised Mm -hmm. to hear that it was just rags that ignited without, you know, a match, without something like that. So there are a lot of people who are completely unaware that those are issues. So pay attention, be aware. Right. In our situation, it likely happened because of something that was mopped up and put in a garbage can on Friday. And, you know, by Saturday afternoon, it heated up to that point where it spontaneously ignited and we had a problem. Mm-hmm. People also assume that the fumes won't bother them or that it's not going to be a big deal. I've done that before, Betsy. <laughs> yeah. Some people think that because they're only going to be working in a room for a short amount of time, That it's okay, that it's not going to be a problem. But remember, it doesn't take long for those fumes to become a problem. It don't, you know, for some people, depending on who you are, may only take, you know, five minutes of those fumes to become a problem. I'm one of those people. We know. (laughs) (laughs) But the big thing is don't freak out about using oil-based paints. Just take the precautions that we talked about. Ventilate the room, 
wear gloves, goggles, safety glasses, so on. Mm -hmm. Don't pile up your dirty rags and cloths and then wait for it to ignite. You know, spread them out and let them dry. Right. Take the necessary precautions. And working with solvent-based products isn't something that should cause you worry, concern, or put you in any danger at all. The thing we learned this week is just always to be aware. Never be complacent Mm -hmm. and you'll be fine. Right. And that's all there's time for today. If you have any questions or concerns about working with solvent-based paint, stains, or varnishes, please get in touch. You can call any of our stores, just stop in if you'd rather talk face-to-face, or you could email us if you prefer to communicate with as little actual human contact as possible. That's the way I like it. Yeah, we know. (laughs) Dan and I can be reached at colormehome at repcolite.com. That's colormehome at repcolite.com. Email us with a question or even a suggestion for a topic we could discuss on a future episode. And remember that our show notes for this episode, as well as links to all of our past shows, are available at RepcoLite.com. Just click the Color Me Home link on the homepage and then subscribe to our podcast via RSS feed or iTunes. Subscribe today and you'll never miss another episode. Until next time, thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. You've been listening to Color Me Home, brought to you by Repco Light Paints. Everything discussed in this episode can be found in our show notes at repcolite.com. Just click the Color Me Home tab on the home page. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can contact Betsy and Dan by email. The address is colormehome at repcolite.com. That's colormehome at repcolite.com.